Geert, I was reading a blog post and that talked about developer experience or it was shorthanded like DevX. So do you know anything about that new kit on the blog? Yeah, it's it's just DevOps again in another flavor, I think. Uh, just like all the things that we hear, platform engineering, all those things that help you build better software with specific focuses, which in my opinion, DevOps already shoot and tail, but it's it's focusing on certain things. But I'm not an expert on it, so let's invite a guest who who knows more about this and and went through a journey of implementing this at their hmm. their company. I think I know someone. Let's yeah. do that. Okay, let's okay. get going. The Lead Podcast, a podcast for leaders in engineering, architecture, and development. So welcome to the Lead Podcast and we are back. Uh, my name is René and I'm here with Geert. So uh, we also have our guest in the middle uh, that is hopefully going to explain a little bit more about this developer experience thing. And that is uh, my good friend Rasmus Halt. And he works uh, at Lego and he has a very fancy title, but I think that he can explain that better himself. So welcome Rasmus and uh, please introduce yourself Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, uh, both of you. It's a true pleasure to be here. Um, okay, fancy title. I don't know if I can live up to that, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> so true, I work at the Lego Group. Uh, we make fantastic products that also are kits of all sizes. Um, and my job is to head up uh, developer experience and cloud foundation. So it's the two things I uh, I am engaged and excited about it's uh how we how we can make developers produ productive uh <clears throat> with tools practices platforms etc and then i'm also quite keen on cloud and how cloud can bring business agility so we can innovate at the speed we need to it's basically what we do right yeah. So uh, I work at the Lego Group. I have an amazing team of highly skilled engineers, uh, and I deliver a number of digital products. So the Lego Group, many probably don't know that we we don't have an IT department. Uh, we have uh, decomposed that into digital products, uh, and the Lego Group has about 220 digital products. Where in some of them you have the classic IT disciplines like a physical compute, uh, cloud enablement. And I also have the uh, many of the products that looks after developer experience. So yes, firsthand experience uh, with this uh, today. But actually, I in my past, uh, I used to work for a small company, Danish company called Maersk. Uh, they move stuff uh, about um, a big portion of everything that's moved on the ocean. And before that, I actually worked in a team called Developer Experience at Microsoft, um, the big software giant, right? So I've been probably doing Developer Experience before. Before it, it existed. It is, <laughs> it is what it is today, right? But let's let's discuss that. I'm yeah, let's discuss that. Yeah. So, so one of the things that I was wondering, Rasmus, is that uh, you mentioned it in your uh, introduction on Developer Experience as part of a whole, but... Let's make this clear. So developer experience, is that the same thing as developer productivity? Because managers would always love to talk about developer productivity 
and then intermix that with developer experience. But my yeah. feeling is that is not the same thing, right? Um, no, I, I would say developer experience is uh, something we give to each other, where developer productivity can be the value uh, you get, right? So I, I think it depends if you are in the giving end or in the receiving end. Um, I think the, the overarching, if we talk about the why, and I, I appreciate talking about the why, because another buzzword uh, to add to your vocabulary cat is uh, value engineering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which there's many articles about, but uh, let's not touch on that today. Um, but uh, the why, let's talk about the why for a second, right? And developer productivity is is an outcome, but this is really about um, about removing waste in the software delivery process. So how do we do that, right? So when you are in the size of uh, of the labor group, you have 220 product teams maybe there's some things we can do once that has the benefit of all, right? So would you rather have every team uh, buying their own GitHub uh, account and setting it up, or can we do that uh, once and for all, uh, make really great integrations, onboarding uh, and, and, and configuration, and then that becomes a good experience, right? That's a developer experience. Yeah. But Maybe less so on the individual tooling, but more in the integration of such. Right. So, so to get things straight, um, looking at those two hundred plus uh, teams, some are some of them are really focusing on working on the end products that the customers mm -hmm. use. Yes. And there are several teams that work on platforms or tools that that those teams can use, or even multiple layers of teams um, could use to make their work easier yes exactly so we are very inspired by the literature uh, in teams apologies uh, if you are unaware of that book uh, i recommend uh, visiting it it's really good for how you organize what we call streamline team which mm -hmm. is the one directly facing the the end consumer so that might in our case it's building the lego builder app for example which is really cool digital uh, and instruction for building as a family or having a story-based building experience with our product, right? But that's a digital product, it's streamlined, so it's it's uh, consumer-facing, where you can say, my products, uh, I have, I in, in my portfolio products, there's a Kubernetes platform. That needs to have a really good developer experience to make sure that onboarding, using, et cetera, is, is, is designed for the developer. Yeah. Not for IT, not for uh, anything else, right? It's the developer that consumes it, and then the value becomes the productivity we discussed before. Yeah, and the developer also doesn't want to think about all those different layers, etc. Yeah. Right? Running a Kubernetes cluster alone is, is quite a burden for a team, right? So if you have to do all those things yourself, um, but you don't have time well, to, to work on the actual product itself um, and deliver value to your end customers. But, but and what, what I was w wondering is that, uh, so I saw some uh, developer platforms, uh, like, uh, I don't know, uh, Backstage uh, is, is used often by, uh, by uh, the, yes. the product, open source product from Spotify, or uh, companies build their own uh, self-service enablement portals. Uh, I, can, I can mention a, a few of those. But I think the, the main topic of these things is how do you actually 
onboard teams there and how do you scale this this developer mm-hmm. platform thing because you know, onboarding one or two or three teams that that might be okay um, but scaling it and being aware that 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 there is these things to 230 teams that, mm-hmm. how do you do that how do you look at that yeah yeah i, I think you answered something but if i if i can just take us back one step because uh yes developer portals i like to call them uh are very hot right now for me developer platform is an opinionated platform like kubernetes where you just shoot your container to and then someone else takes care of it not so much devops uh in my book for my taste but it, it still scales very well especially if you are outsourced it then then uh dev and ops is separate right anyways let's come back to developer experience here developer portals are really uh getting traction now because if we look a little bit about the research uh, that we have done internally and also read research that other companies, uh, also pure digital companies like uh, Spotify have shared, what we found was that, yes, we have great tooling, right? We also have too much tooling like many other companies, but we have great tooling uh, for our developers. But developers still struggle with finding stuff. Mm-hmm. That is the number one pain uh, we experienced when we did our first uh, study earlier this year was finding stuff uh, and then using stuff next. Okay, so it wasn't that we didn't have the right tools. We thought that in the beginning. That wasn't the point. It was finding what we had and then figuring out how we use it. Um, so we have addressed that. And, and for the, we call the first one, finding stuff is discoverability. So how do I discover what I need to find? And it might be that I know I need a GitHub account, or it might be that I I, I think I need a source code repository. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, we we both need to we need to address both. Right? Yeah. And developer portals are specifically awesome at addressing this concern because if you can f- give a home for engineers. Um, that they go to find stuff. Um, so sort of a, uh, uh, it's not going to be a single pane of glass because I've seen way too many sales slides for that, <laughs> right? But uh, let's not call it that. But I think you you can follow my train of thought. That's one entry point you where you can start find. your search. Yes. So uh, here can be a, a, a tools catalog. Uh, in our case, we call it capabilities because it's, it can be tools, platforms, whatever, right? So what are our internal capabilities that supports the developer? Here we host the documentation. Here we uh, we give you an overview of your assets. So we know exactly what product has which applications. Uh, we know exactly what code repositories belongs to this digital product. We know exactly uh their pipelines we know exactly the team that's working on it we can get all this with data and we can just make it super easy uh, to discover and therefore address uh the discoverability issue we had yeah cool and does that also uh, apply for uh for example finding finding a tool to uh, i don't know do license scanning or do we have that tool and where do i get that tool and why do i find that tool and how do i get a license for that tool and all that yes, stuff yes. it's also yes. there in that developer portal yes so this is uh i i like to describe it as a shopping mall yeah 
So uh, I in in my uh, organization, there's a team that looks after tools and and developer platforms. So like Git and uh, vulnerability management and all that stuff, right? There's another team that owns the uh, Kubernetes platform. There's a third team that owns the backstage um, developer port, right? But for everyone, the storefront is uh, the developer portal. Uh, okay. That's where you go to find, uh, I need a cloud account, for example. Okay, I can pick between uh, Google, Azure, uh, AWS. Um, okay, which is good for what? Right? This one has, um, like, there can be some documentation that helps you. Well, I need to integrate with these data sources. Okay, so you should place your cloud architecture yeah, over here. Yeah, nice. So you just go and find it. But once you have created that uh, capability, for example, a cloud account, you can also go, it will automatically be associated to your digital product. And you can go and discover your digital product and all the assets mm. uh, that is there. Yeah, so we're also starting to automatically document the relationship between components, right? Yeah, so it's really a fine balance between um, people having the capabilities of doing things themselves, but then, well, finding the right stuff that they need in the in the shopping mall, right? So it's not yes. not all the stuff is enforced on them, which I also see a lot in more traditional companies. Like this is the only way we do certain things, um, make it work in this way, uh, which we all know that that doesn't work and well if we talk about developer experience that that often leads into a really bad developer experience and unhappy developers etc so giving that freedom is, is something that i really like yeah, yeah. Uh, but but then also raises the question i think that uh, if you give this freedom and uh, the, the teams can do whatever they like uh, they are not forced into a certain thing um, I think the, the valid question that is also asked by maybe higher management or also maybe product owners, uh, is it worth it? So how do you measure this developer experience? Because it's great that you have all these tools and people can find stuff, but yeah, what, what is the value? Can you measure that mm -hmm. and how? Yeah, yeah. No, it's a really good question. And, uh, and I have to be honest, we have struggled with this as well. So, but uh, I, will, I will share how far we are. And uh, maybe I can come back in a half a year and tell you if it worked. <laughs> sure. But uh, it, it has been difficult to to articulate the value. And we are probably now third iteration of this because I have to admit, for me, it was a gut feeling. Uh, I told you I've been in other companies before, so I've tried before. So it was uh, a, a gut feeling backed by experience. But still, um, we we decided to invest in 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 addressing discoverability with the developer portal. And right now we are measuring uh, waste removed, we call it. So uh, the metric we use is uh, improve flow for software developers by removing waste in the delivery uh, something, something, right? And then we measure uh, time save. And there's then a hypothesis behind each developer workflow. So it can be, I need to create a cloud account. Then how much, uh, how, how much time would a developer spend if they had a credit card and they had to do the same process mm -hmm. as you can now go and click, I would like uh, a new AWS account and it gets provisioned with you, to you with all the, the guardrails that we have decided to have in place, right? Yeah. It's the same for uh, uh, if you need a source code repository or vulnerability management, 
we can now calculate how much waste have we removed by automating all that with integrations. And then we time that up with adoption, right? So if I have um, 200 product teams on uh, GitHub, and that saves per product team 19 hours per month, I'm, I'm making up stuff now. Mm -hmm. Then it's 200 times 19 hours. That's the value. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's nice to make it really quantitative. That gi that gives the those teams also the idea that that what they're working on is is actually valuable, right? Because that's what I often see in those. I see a lot of companies working on platform teams and they're building stuff that other teams can use. And and I have seen several companies that have these nice shiny platforms that are there and nobody's using it or they're only using it because they're enforced to use it. Um, but if you really measure this, th then they will also start improving the actual stuff that they created, right? They, they will improve the portal of how can we save even more time or um, uh, really work that product as an actual end-user product as well, right? I think you should focus on, on it at the same way as you do with your end customer um, Absolutely. Uh, software. Absolutely. It, it requires that you have a critical mass in your developer population, right? Mm. Uh, if, if you are an organization of five developers, then you're more like a startup. You just do everything yourself, right? Yeah. But uh, in the Lego group, we have uh, uh, 1,600 plus engineers, software developers. So we have a critical mass. We also have a very strong desire to be successful in digital. Um, and, and therefore, for us, it's an obvious good investment. Nice. Now, we have touched on uh, discoverability, right? The discoverability issue. Uh, we have touched on, on the value. Um, there's another one I want to bring up as difficult, and that is the too many unknowns. Um, Spotify also talks about it in their public research, uh, and we have experienced the same, is that for an engineer with uh, in an organization like ours, where there's a high degree of empowerment in the product teams, there's simply too many unknowns, right? What do I need to build with? Uh, I need uh, a stateful web app. Uh, what do I need to build with, right? What's my backend? What's my front end? Well, I can use Kubernetes, serverless, uh, all kinds of things. There's a uh, hundred solutions that does the same. Mm -hmm. uh, and these too many unknowns you get when you have uh, highly empowered organizations it is also actually wasteful. So how can we provide good guidance? And that's where documentation comes in. And now I don't know uh, about you, but I have seen my share of good documentation and less good documentation. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we go about that? And I, I think there's, uh, for us, that is the next frontier, if I can be uh, honest about this. So how do we bring it up, right? Should we bring in some technical writers that lifts the quality? Um, should we... Uh, just push more for having just a basic documentation of how to build with components, right? Uh, we have is, is this cool. something that, that generative AI is also going to take a role in? Um, because, well, writing documentation, I think, especially uh, AI is, is really good at that. And uh, I know we were joking before, um, but we can't discuss this topic without talking about generative AI. Yeah. <laughs> so what we have done uh, as an experiment, and this is uh, totally uh, sandboxed and everything, 
but actually we we have a uh, leverage technology called uh, OpenAI, which is really cool, right? Uh, you probably know the public version from ChatGPT. Um, and what we can then provide for OpenAI is the context of our documentation for developers. Mm-hmm. And right now in our developer portal, anywhere you are, no matter what action you add, you can call forward uh, the chat AI and it knows your context you're in. It knows what documentation is relevant. Regardless of how poor it is, it doesn't really matter. Uh, as long as it's factual, it can fill in the gaps and you can now have a conversation, right? So if you're browsing an API, you can ask, what, what does this API do? Yep. Okay. And if it's too long, you can ask it to summarize. Uh, how do I how do I call this API, right? How do I get access to it? It will answer it based on the documentation that is available. Hi, that's awesome. So I think yeah, you're onto something, right? Because the whole documentation journey is completely gonna gonna change, right? Both from uh, what GitHub Copilot X can do today, that writes the documentation for you based on the code, but then a, a generative AI can also consume that as as documentation. And then in a conversational setting, yeah. tell the, the engineer exactly what they need to do yeah. uh, to, this, to leverage the, it, right? The, chal- the challenge is still, of course, uh, ChatGPT uh, or OpenAI can, can generate everything, uh, also uh, a lot of crap. Um, yes. but, uh, but I think the, uh, like the technical writer or like at least good documentation is still like it's the source of, of what is being generated so it doesn't have to be in a format that is totally awesome but at least the facts need to be there in a, in a way that it can be consumed and read so i think the challenge will still be first who is going to write the documentation slash who is going to decide what is in there so if you say there are 100 solutions and that mm. leads also to a lot of uh, well maybe waste uh, who is going to decide which solutions are going to be described and which not? And the second one is how are you going to keep up? Because the solution of a year ago is not the solution in a, uh, in a year from now. So it's like the challenge of any documentation is still there, regardless of chat, uh, GPT yes. or whatever. And I think, is there any idea how how you're going to challenge that? Or Absolutely, yeah. And... I think the popular word right these days is prompt engineering, but I, I can try to put a few more words on it, right? Because I, I see uh, Gen AI as being something that supports humans and that replaces humans. So uh, if I am the creator of something, regardless if it's documentation or code or a document or re- reporting, it doesn't really matter what it is, it's still my output and I need to be uh, responsible for the output. However, uh, you might have noticed that uh, I am um, a bilingual, so my native tongue is Danish, uh, but my business language is English. I am proficient in English, but not as quick as I would be in Danish, for example. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Gen AI actually gives me that. I am with Gen AI much more proficient in and much more precise, uh, and probably also easier to consume my written uh, English with AI because it just gives me that edge, uh, but I still own the output, right? Yeah. So I think with good prompt engineering, you get rid of the, the, the falsehood that it when it makes up shit, um, uh, and you, you, uh, you need as, as a 
a person using this tool to, to read and understand the output and, and still put your name on it, right? So it's it's your professional integrity that, that gives an output. And the same comes with coding, right? So I call that uh, prompt engineering, right? So you work with what you get back from the prompt. You just don't uh, send it forward as being a gospel, yeah. but you still mm-hmm. put your name and, and your professionalism behind it. Yeah. yeah, I think it would be also really cool if you would connect the the whole developer portal experience towards this gen ai so it can also point you in in the right directions there like if you want to create um something using the portal you can do that it can point you in the right direction using the conversation so it can guide you through the conversation of of building your whole application basically of oh i first need a cloud account well you can do that here and then oh now i need some code okay and then yeah, it can guide you through the, through the whole process, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, user interface is going to be completely different. Who needs buttons and menus if you can have a conversation, yeah. right? Yes. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Until, yeah, until for, it can for now, do the steps for you, right? So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you only have to describe for what now, you want and to do. For now, they are, you're, you're writing, right? You're, you're using a prompt, but there's nothing preventing us from just talking yeah, yeah, um, true. talking to, to the computer, right? Um, so I, I think I, I think we will see dramatic changes in how we consume documentation within software development. Uh, I have noticed uh, that some of our big suppliers have changed strategy where they have been very written uh, and video based in their documentation previously. They are now pivoting towards integrating the documentation into the conversational AI. So when you're developing uh, against, for example, a specific cloud, you will probably get a conversational AI assistant that walks you through the process rather than having to go and read a, a doc site, for example. Uh, be, be, before we take off the lid of, uh, of, of, of AI and, uh, and, and, and all this stuff completely, then uh, we have a podcast uh, of uh, 24 hours, I think. So yeah. I think that we should uh, like move a little bit, a uh, bit back to uh, bit, bit back to experience. developer experience, and then also mm-hmm. a little bit towards the end already, uh, and and that is more like so what what listeners that that do not have any experience yet with developer experience or just get started mm-hmm. or or just get into this topic. Uh, so what can you what 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 can you give them? Like what what are the takeaways for them? Like okay, get started with this, read this, or do that. Yeah, I think first step was uh, also where we started, right? Are you in the right organization where it's value to give uh, developer experience? And and that's back to team topologies. That book there is worth, a good, that's a good place to start. Uh, because I, I think you need to have the concept of streamlined teams and platform teams and enabling teams. If you have that in place, uh, in large scale or small scale, it doesn't matter, then you're good to go, right? Then you have an organization that can receive developer experience and get the value. Then I would say uh, um, there's some things you you need to trust your gut, uh, especially if you've been in that organization for a while, you know what is needed, but you need to add in research of some side. You need some kind of feedback loop because you might be thinking like I did uh, two years ago when I just joined this, that we, we just need more good tooling, right? But uh, quickly we learned that's not necessarily what we need, right? We need to be much more nuanced in our approach. Um, 
And therefore, good research, uh, if you are fortunate to have uh, UX researchers around or uh, professional researchers, then you can make uh, qualitative research, so interviews. Uh, you could also do that yourself, but also quantitative research, so just surveys, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, figure out what, what is the pains here, uh, reflect on those pains, talk to your gen AI, AI about it, <laughs> what you're fine. Uh, but, but then you will start addressing the, the actual pains of the organization. And they might not be what you apparently think it is or uh, your colleagues think it is or the most vocal in your organization says it is, right? So become much more uh, um, based on your feedback loops and make sure you close the feedback loops by newsletters or a post uh, where the developers go and read so that you show that you are giving value back. Yeah. Uh, the, then you become um, the hero, right? The enabler rather than uh, what can often be uh, an IT department mindset, right? Yeah. So you're just telling us how we should do our job, yeah, uh, I, which I, is not I, where we want to go. I really like the, the factual checking that you did, like um, creating a cloud account uh, would normally take a developer like an hour if they had a credit card. Um, and now they can use a developer portal to do that in five minutes. So we save 55 minutes for each one, right? So if you start measuring this and that you can do that with, with very, very small organizations already, if we create some automations for it, just measure, well, we created uh, 25 uh, accounts this week. That's 25 hours saved already, right? So all those small uh, statistics are really well, good insights and and really focus on on the value that you deliver as as yeah. those uh, those teams. So that's that's what I really like about about your pitch. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So. Uh, oh yeah, go ahead. No, I, I just wanted to append. It just makes the conversation so much easier when you can. Uh, I think our last math last round was that we save. Uh, we can take this with a grain of salt, but uh, in the magnitude of 250, the um, de- developer in all our product teams, right? But okay. we're also in a different scale, right? 220 yeah. product teams. But if they had to do their own uh, developer experience, we would need to hire 270 more engineers. Wow. And I, I don't know where we will fit them, to be honest, but yeah. obviously <laughs> we'll find them. <laughs> But but you're saving more than one developer per team, basically, yes. Um, yes. which is which is yeah, quite a which nice is number. Uh, quite a nice number. <laughs> so I think, uh, yeah, you inspired me a lot. Uh, you you gave all these little nudges and hints that uh, that makes me think as well. Uh, I liked a lot of your talk. I'm definitely going to uh, watch the recording again and uh, and write some of these things uh, down. So thank you very much, uh, Rasmus. It was a pleasure. Uh, to have you again on the on the show and uh, i think that we need to meet up again in half a year or something and, and see where you are at and then probably it's totally different but then uh, then we will learn that as, uh, as well so thank yeah. you thank you and uh, in the several episodes you will see uh, rasmus again yeah. uh, i presume yeah well thank you so much for having me it was a pure joy to talk to you today uh and um yeah maybe uh we can round off and see if AI have taken our jobs uh, in another six months. <laughs> yeah, we But a uh, true pleasure to be here. And I, I hope this inspired people just to be curious on, on what developer experience can do for, for, for your company. So, okay. Thank you very much. Yeah.
let's uh, let's leave it with that. Thank you, uh, Rasmus. Thank you, Rene, for this episode again. And uh, well, thank you, listeners, for uh, listening to our podcast again. Uh, hopefully, to see or uh, um, speak to you again in the next episode. Bye bye. 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 The Lead Podcast, a podcast for leaders in engineering, architecture, and development.